When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Bookmarked, a young adult book podcast brought to you by SeventhPage.com. Well, welcome to Bookmarked, SeventhPage.com's brand new young adult book podcast where we're going to discuss, talk about awesome young adult books. And this is our pilot episode, and I'm joined here with three awesome girls um, who are going to come and discuss books with us. So let's go ahead and do some introductions. Um, Addie, we'll start with you. Maybe just talk about uh, who you are, where you're from, are you going to school, you know, just the basics. Hey, well, my name's Addie. I live in California. Uh, I live in San Bernardino, which is about an hour east of Los Angeles. Uh, I am in school. I'm in my last year of uh, college, so hopefully by June I'll be graduated. Awesome. Um, yeah, uh, I'm studying anthropology, which is basically like studying cultures. Uh, <laughs> nobody <laughs> else does that. Yeah, I don't know many people who study anthropology. <laughs> it's like a tiny bunch of us. Okay, that's cool. As long as you're happy doing it. I don't know, for me it kind of sounds like I wouldn't do it. <laughs> it's a bit different, but I like it. That's Fun. super cool. Uh, what's your favorite book? My, I don't have a favorite book. I think I would have to say like my favorite series is the Harry Potter series because mm-hmm. it's what got me to read me in the first place. Yep, definitely. I can understand that one. <laughs> awesome. Uh now, Ariana, why don't you introduce yourself? All right. Um, well, my name's Ariana. I live in Virginia. Um, I'm a senior in high school right now, so I'm going to be graduating soon. Um, I want to study journalism when I get into college. And my favorite book, I have so many, but right now it's Red Queen by Victoria Aveyard. Very nice. It's a good one. I really like that book. <laughs> yeah. Well, very cool. Um, let's go on. And Lucy, she's from New Zealand. Um, so why yeah. don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Well, hi, I'm Lucy. Um, I live in Wellington, New Zealand, which is the capital of the country. Um, I'm year 12 at school this year, which means I think it's junior in America. Um, so, yeah, I'm a junior. Um, I want to study, I want to be an actress when I'm older, so drama is a big thing for me. Um, My favorite book would have to be Catching Fire, but my favorite series is definitely The Fifth Wave, so. (laughs) Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Addie writes for SeventhPage.com, so that's her main website. Um, where we do book reviews and go over all sorts of different books and stuff like that. Um, Lucy writes for fifthwave.net, which is one of the 
child sites, one of the network sites of seventhpage.com. And Ariana, you have a Twitter account that's devoted to Fifth Wave. Why don't you go ahead and plug that? Let everybody know uh, what it is that you do on there. Um, well, I'll just post news um, about the Fifth Wave, about the books, the movie coming up. Um, and I'll just tweet quotes um, and sometimes reaction stuff. And then I also did a book review on the second book, and I plan to do it on the third book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Yeah, we're definitely happy to have you here because we're going to be talking about the fifth wave today because um, there was some big news uh, concerning the fifth wave that happened over the past couple of weeks. Um, really quickly, again, I guess I'll introduce myself. My name is Saul. Um, I am from Arizona where it's super hot, but I'm actually living in Utah right now going to school. Um, where it's super cold. <laughs> There's, like, snow on the mountains and stuff, and I'm not used to that. Um, but I'm enjoying it, and I am actually studying journalism. So, oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, that is something I've definitely been interested in. Um, so, yeah, this should be fun for all of us, and I've, I've been looking forward to this experience podcasting. So let's go ahead, um, quickly explain what we're going to do in this podcast. Since this is our first episode, we're kind of experimenting a little bit. Um, we don't know, we don't have the the format concrete yet, um, so throughout the next few episodes and stuff, we might have different segments or be trying out different things. Um, today, we're just going to have two main segments, and that's going to be going over news stories, and we're also going to have a main discussion. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and start with the news stories. And the first one, like I said earlier, is going to be about the fifth wave. And that is the fact that the Fifth Wave Book 3 title was revealed, uh, I guess, officially a couple days ago? <laughs> I guess um, it was leaked um, yeah. at first, and then he had to take it down, and then he reset it on Instagram, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that so was exciting. The way it kind of happened was, I think it was on a Sunday, I somebody tweeted the fifthwave.net account, and they... Uh, had a screenshot of the Goodreads webpage for the Fifth Wave book. And um, apparently the title was there along with the synopsis. So I went ahead and I wrote an article on fifthwave.net announcing it. But the weird thing about it was that the publisher and Rick Yancey, the author, they hadn't made any sort of statement about it. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, you, would, you would think that they would, like, be super excited to reveal that. And I didn't hear anything at all. And so I remember I emailed Rick Yancey's team um, I was like, can you guys confirm this? And I didn't hear anything back. And then a few mm -hmm. days later, we go on Goodreads and Amazon, um, and the title has been removed, and it's untitled. And now a couple days ago, Rick Yancey went ahead and revealed it um, on his website. So what do you guys think happened? Why do you guys think that? Well, I think that someone on Goodreads was like, maybe someone in his team leaked it, and then... I don't know what happened there, but someone probably leaked it, and then it got out. He got probably mad and probably took it down, and then he was like, oh, well, most people are going to find out because of social media, so I'll just put it out. So I think that's what happened. So, yeah. And then now we have the title, and it's a good time. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Ariana, why don't you go ahead and share with everyone what the title is? Uh, it is The Last Star. I love that name. 
<laughs> yeah, let's go ahead. Let's do some reactions. Um, Addie, have you actually read The Fifth Wave? I don't know. If... I haven't. Okay. I mean, I've heard a lot about it, but you know, this being my last year in college, it's kind of hard to try and fit in like reading just for fun, other than just you know, like working mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I'm desperate to like get my hands on you know some like just fun reading material that has nothing to do with school. <laughs> and this is like definitely like on my top, like it's like the first one on my list, especially because I love reading series instead of just like like yeah. like solo books. I like uh, um, I just there's like so many books I just want to read so desperately that I have no time to. I'm just like spring break needs to get here so I can just read and read and read. <laughs> Amen. Well, that's what I think we can all hear. Um, we can all suggest to read The Fifth Wave. We, we love that book. And the first okay. one, I love the first one. The second one's still really good, too. But, um, I have it here. <laughs> yeah, for those <laughs> in the podcast, they're not going to see that, but uh, Lucy's got yeah. a good cam on, and she's got her Fifth Wave book in hand, ready to go. <laughs> That's awesome. Ready, ready to go. And I have yeah. the Infinite Sea as well. And the Infinite Sea, yes. Both really good books. So, Ariana, what did, what did you think when you first uh, read that title, The Last Star? Well, um, you mean before, like, it was officially announced? Yeah, when, when you first heard it. I was confused, because I was seeing it all over Twitter. I'm like, what, I missed the announcement of this or something? And I really liked it. I, um, and then I went to look in the Infinite Sea, because I think I remembered it was one of the sections in there. And I saw it was in Evan's point of view, that section. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Lucy? What did you think? I was very, I was really happy with the name because the in Infinite Sea, there's the third part is called The Last Star. So I was like, oh, it's a good name. And I was really happy. And I saw it was like Evan's point of view. So I was like, yes. And I don't know. It just made me really happy that they, they picked like such a good name for it because it had been mentioned in the second book. So I was very, I was very happy about that. Yeah, that's the thing. In the video that Rick Yancey released where he officially releases the title, he mentions that if you've read The Infinite Sea, the, the name should be familiar to you. So I, I did like what you guys just did and talked about. I went to The Infinite Sea. I looked it up. It, it's a section where it's from Evan's point of view. Um, yeah. But I honestly have no idea what that means. There yeah, are a couple... I went on my Kindle and I like searched for The Last Star and everything. And I was trying to figure out, you know, what does it mean? What is... What is he alluding to? And that's where I was, like, super confused. I mean, so what do you guys think? Is, is the last star a thing? Is it a person? What, what do you I guys think, think about a, that? I think the last star is a person. I think it's going to be Evan, to be honest. Yeah. Because um, I'm just worried, like, he's going to do something to Evan. Yeah. I don't want anything to happen to Evan. He's my favorite. Mine, too. <laughs> Him and Teacup. They're my favorite. If anything happens to either of them, I'm going to be very upset because... (laughs) Well, that's the case. Um, Don't ever read Game of Thrones. (laughs) (laughs) I read that a couple months ago and... uh, Yeah. Oh, God. Awesome. Um, My mom's... Go ahead. My mom mom started watching the Game of Thrones series, so she's like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I'm like, I'm not telling you because you have to wait. Wait, or you can read the books, but, you know. Yeah, those are yeah. good books. We're going to talk a bit, little bit more about those. I'm part of our main discussion, actually. 
Um, but yeah, so that's that's all there is, I think, about the uh, the fifth wave right now. That was the biggest news. Um, other things that are going on in the fifth wave fandom. There's obviously the movie, um, which I believe is completed filming, so they're now in post production. So that's really cool. Um, yeah. So we're excited for that. Otherwise, I think it's just a waiting game um, for the cover of The Last Star. I believe we already know the release date. It's in September, if I remember correctly. <sighs> so I'm far like... away. <laughs> it seems like far away. But, um, yeah, so we're all excited. And, of course, this year for Fifth Wave is going to be awesome because the movie does come out January 2016. That means all the promotion is going to happen later this year. So I would say expect a trailer possibly summer. Fall. Um, again, still a wait, but we're going to be seeing a lot of cool things coming really soon, so that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, moving on, the next news piece, our second news piece, we're only doing two news pieces today, but it's about a different uh, book to film adaption, and that is Insurgent. Um, Addie, are you excited for this movie? I am. Uh, I'm really hoping I can go to the premiere. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't uh, last year, the last for the first one, I managed uh, to go to the location for the premiere, and I had a really, really bad experience with the security guard. <laughs> I had, I was talking to uh, another blogger, and she's like, they're still giving out wristbands. Ask for so-and-so. And I asked for that guy. I was so rudely treated. Like, I wasn't given a wristband, and as, as I was walking to my car... I saw them giving out wristbands to other people. Oh, no. What? I was, yeah, and I had driven out. It was about an hour. It was in L.A. I mean, living in California, near L.A. has kind of its perks. But um, so I'm really hoping. Uh, I know the premiere for Insurgent will be in New York. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they'll have one here in L.A. as well. And so hopefully I'll be able to go to that. Definitely. Hope that works out for you. What, was this part of like the official premiere, or was it part of the national tour? Because remember, no. they did uh, a national tour where they like went to a bunch of different cities and screened the movie. No, this was all, like the actual actual thing, like not the screening. Okay. Like Veronica was there, the entire the cast was all there. That's that's pretty insane. Yeah, I remember I went to the one one of the screenings, and it was one of those red carpet screenings, and I believe we had. Jai Courtney and Miles Teller there, and um, I, I got some stuff signed from Jai Courtney, and I gave it away on Faction Hub. Um, but I, that was also a really bad experience as well, because they had told all these people, these they sent out these emails like, "Oh yeah, you'll get into the movie. You have a, you have a ticket." And then mm-hmm. when we got there, it was actually a a press um, showing, oh. and so about like fifty people were able to get in. And I was, like, number 49. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh. I, I barely got in. I was on the front row, and I, I watched the movie. with. I had, like, neck cramps afterwards. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was a pretty crazy experience as well. But, yeah, Insurgent comes out next month. I think I, I could be wrong. Maybe yeah, next month. you guys know. Yeah. It's March 20th, right? Yeah, yeah, March 20th. The premiere in New York is the 16th, I believe. Mm-hmm. From what I've been seeing online... There is possibly going to be one in LA as well, and that'll be on the 17th. So hopefully that that happens. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's coming exactly. soon, and they are in full force um, with the promotions, yeah, um, the advertising for this movie. Um, that's going to be one of the things that we're going to talk about right now with the news, as far as news-wise goes. Um, one of the things was, <laughs> okay, so ever since the first like full trailer came out, there's been this box that they've been yeah. showing <laughs> in, in the trailers, <laughs> and apparently it's going to move the story forward. I don't know, but as far as I remember, and it's been a while since I read Insurgent, but as far as I remember, that's not in the books. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, like, I'm pretty sure, I, cause I remember reading the, the series when I was on vacation, on vacation, and I read it at least six times, and I'm just like, what is this box? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like, I read it, and, and I saw the trailer, and I was like, hold on. That's not in the book. <laughs> like, what is going on? I got so confused. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that's that's been a lot of... I know a lot of people have been talking about that because they're making a really big deal about it in the trailers, which makes us think that it's really... It's, it's a really big deal in the movie itself, which yeah, makes us yeah. think that they've changed a lot of things for the movie. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, is that a good or a bad thing, in your guys' opinion? I mean, I guess um, it depends on whether or not you liked Insurgent as a book. Um, do you think I this would improve the movie or hurt it? Sorry? I think it's a bad thing. I hate when they change things from the book. And, well, I read the article about what they plan to do with the box in the movie, and it's so much unlike the book, and I hate it. Yeah, I, have yeah. To, I haven't read any articles, but... I feel like they're making such a big deal of this box being just the trailers alone. It might change the way, uh, like, the flow of the story as it goes into the third film. Yeah. Yeah, I, like um, I think... I think... <laughs> I think that um, the box is just going to take over the movie and people who haven't read the books are going to be sitting in the cinema like, this is so cool, like, the box is maybe such a good idea, but then the people who have read... Read the books are going to be like sitting there, like, what have you done to the movie? Like, this is not how it's meant to happen. And then when they, it just kind of annoyed me that they put this box in there. It's like it's not a part of the storyline. What are you doing? Just take it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things that um, I saw come up. Uh, there was an interview with Shailene Woodley, um, and I think it's on Faction Hub. Um, and she was talking about this box, and that's essentially the the idea that I got. It's it's going to be, or no, she was saying something like, only a divergent can open it up, and that yeah. a special type of divergent can has to be the one to open it up. So I don't know, like I guess her genes are even more special than everybody else's, <laughs> but um, that it's just it sounds really weird. Um, but one of the things that happened was Veronica Roth, the author. She saw the movie, and she gave her opinion on it. Um, do one of you guys want to... I put it in the Google Doc. Do you guys want... One of you guys want to read what she actually said? Maybe just the bolded parts? Okay. I've got it here. All right. She, she goes, I know some of you are probably apprehensive because as the trailers have revealed, there are a few clear differences between the book and the movie. I shared the apprehension walking into the screening room, but I walked out of the movie relieved and excited. Insurgent, the book, has a complicated plot, a lot of moving parts, and a lot of ups and downs. That sort of thing can work in a book, but if it's translated directly to the screen, it makes for a messy, confusing movie. The changes were made streamlined. The stories 
whoa, sorry, the changes that were made streamline the story so it makes sense for this new format. In other words, they work. So she was happy with it, but the box still just kind of pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's I saw that um, Shailene said that only a special kind of divergence can open the box. It kind of gets thinking about the third book, you know, like when they just like find out like, you know, like their gene family tree, like how does that work out with the box? Just and especially with the last book as well, like I'm not going to spoil it because people might not have read it, but like the last book, you're going to, it's not going to make sense as well. You're going to be watching the movie and it's going to be like, what? Yeah. What is going on? Yeah, so that's definitely a big concern for a lot of uh, initiates, the Divergent fandom. Um, one of the things... I don't want to be cynical or anything, but do you think she just says that, like, oh, the changes are good for the sake of the, the promotion of the movie? Or do yeah. you think, like, yeah. that's her actual opinion? Did she walk out of the movie really happy with how they did it? I mean, I've, I've met Veronica twice at a book mm-hmm. fest. And from just, I mean, just from seeing, like, her demeanor and how she talks about her book, I feel like she's just saying it. Just as part of the promotion to keep you know things going, but I don't. I don't know. I just it's just my opinion that you know she's just saying it for the sake of keeping the peace and going along with the promotion, while you know having her own like reservations about it. Yeah, I feel that's true because I don't know if you'd be too happy if they just added something completely new to your book and you're and you're just sitting there like. This is not my idea. I didn't want this like it. And, and then kind of changed it. And, and it's kind of annoying for her, I feel, because she's gone and spent all this time writing this book. And now they've been like, oh, well, your book is too messy and it doesn't flow. We're going to put this in so everyone understands it better. And she's just, I don't know if she's happy with that or not. But Yeah. Well, regardless of what ends up or how the movie ends up turning out, um, it looks like it's going to make a lot of money at the box office. Um, so a report just came out saying that it's going to make uh, fifty-seven million dollars. I believe opening weekend or opening day. Oh, I think it's opening weekend. It, they're expecting it to make fifty-seven million dollars at the box office, and I believe Divergent mm-hmm. made fifty-four point six million. Um, it's opening Damn. weekend, so they're expecting actually a a much larger audience uh, going to see this mm. movie, which is really interesting because I feel like normally the way it works is the first movie gets a lot of people, mm-hmm. and then the second movie doesn't get as many people, and it doesn't like spike up until you get to the last movie. Well, I feel yeah. like in this case, like you know, like with this like trend of like trilogy movies, like you know, like The Hunger Games, and uh, now with Divergent. Um, you know, like at first, like to me, what I like the way thing, the way I see it is like the first movie doesn't have that much of an audience because you know it's mainly like book fans, and maybe one or two, like, and then like some fans who come for the actors or you know like they're hot, so I'm gonna go watch it. <laughs> and then afterwards, like they, they they like the movie, but they don't feel the need to read the books. So then more people just come to see the movie without reading the books. I think that's why they say it's expected to make even more money. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's definitely something uh, we're going to be hearing a lot more about, and maybe in the future, if we do well with these podcasts, um, we can have an episode kind of reacting to Insurgent and see what we all think about it. So yeah. we'll definitely come back to Insurgent in the future. Um, with that said, we're going to move on to our main book discussion, and our last discussion really kind of feeds in, segues in, to our main book discussion, <laughs> which is actually book-to-film adaptions. So, like, do we like them? Uh, are they done well? Are there some that aren't done well? Obviously, I think we all agree that there are. Um, you know, what, what kind of things make them work? So, Ariana, what do you think? Do you like the idea of books being turned into movies? Um, yeah, I do, but, um, if they're done well, if they completely change every single thing about the book, then no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are, what are some that have, what are book adaptions that have done well, in your opinion? Um, me personally, I think that the one that I found that was so well done was Catching Fire because yes. first we had The Hunger Games which in my opinion was a big flop because I just didn't enjoy it and it didn't have me on the edge of the seat like the book did and then in Catching Fire I was going in like oh they've got a new director hopefully he does it better and he did and it was so good and I was just so happy that he finally like they stuck to the book there were moments in the cinema where I was thinking I remember reading this scene like this is the book in front of me I can see it. I have to agree. I, I uh, when I first saw the first Hunger Games movie, I have to admit I sort of got motion sick because of the shaky cam. Like I get it, mm. kind of like Katniss's point of view, but pretty sure there wasn't a smoother way to get that through. <laughs> Definitely. And I have to agree. I mean, Gary Ross with the first movie did a good job, but Francis just did an amazing job. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely had the same reaction. Um, I saw Hunger Games, and I didn't see it in theaters for um, some reasons. (laughs) But when I saw it, uh, I remember thinking that... um, What was my thought? I I liked it, but I thought it could have been better. And Mm -hmm. I think the thing that bothered me the most, which is funny because I'm not usually one to buy into the romance bit, was but that they didn't play up the Peta Katniss thing yeah. as much as I would have liked them to. Because for me, when I read Hunger Games, that was such a huge source of suspense. Mm-hmm. I mean, Definitely. the end yeah. of the, the first part where he's like, oh, I came with the girl, you know, that I loved. Mm-hmm. I remember reading that book and just like freaking out. Yes. Yeah. Um, I didn't quite have that same reaction when I watched the movie. But then I feel like when, they, sorry. I feel like they downplayed the romance and it kind of I loved that part of the book. Like, yeah, exactly. And for me that's what that's what made the book so good and I felt like that's kind of what was missing from the movie. Whereas Catching Fire, it's just everything you guys said. Everything was so much better. The the effects were better, the the script was better. Um, the actors were just as good because really the actors for Hunger Games specifically have been awesome, in my yeah, opinion. Definitely. Yeah, um, Jennifer Lawrence. But yeah, Jennifer Lawrence is awesome. Um, yeah. And yeah, Catching Fire for me was definitely one of the the best ones. But on the other hand, I'm curious to know like what you guys think about um, ones like Harry Potter, <clears throat> which has notoriously 
it's notoriously known for not following the books um, perfectly well. But, you know, I found that I still really liked them, and I think a lot of the fans still really liked them. So what do you guys think about that? I I really, I mean, I when I was I was a younger kid, I mean, okay, I've watched all the Harry Potter movies to the point where I have to watch them alone because I will say the dialogue. <laughs> yeah, I, I, me too. I know them pretty well, and I mean, I think one of my biggest peeves when the movies first came out uh, was, for example, they, did, they didn't have peeves in the movie. <laughs> I know. I mean, I. I mean, but I mean, for me, I was, I guess, accepted changes because J.K. was, you know, she had her input, and mm-hmm. she was like, you know what? I I like these changes. I don't like these changes. They worked with her, and I guess you know, it was kind of a a good like um middle ground. Yeah, but definitely. I didn't like better. I didn't like the fact that they made James and Lily like old, like. They're 21 in the books. They only get, like, a year with Harry. And in the movies, they just made them look so old and they made it look like they had this perfect life together, that they were together for ages. And I just didn't like it. They were too old. And I wish this made the when they were You know, uh, movies you know, typically make changes. I kind of wish mm. one of those would have been, like, maybe, like, flashbacks to, like, Harry's yes. parents when they were kids and they, when they were at school, you know, with, like, Sirius and Lupin. Yeah. That would have been a good change for Stacey. See, this is what's funny to me, is that um, those are all little details that I never even considered. (laughs) Like, I didn't even (laughs) notice that they did that until you guys just brought that up. And, like, for me, like, my main complaints with the Harry Potter movies, and I I have to say I love the Harry Potter movies, um, but for me the big complaints were things like like Prisoner of Azkaban, where they took out the Marauders storyline, or the ending to Deathly Hallows Part 2. Where yes. uh, Voldemort like becomes glitter or something? No, <laughs> he he Stuff has like a that. human death. It says in the book he died yeah. like a mortal, like a human. Yeah, so and stuff like that was really it. weird for me. Um, but I, see, that's just what's funny is like we all watch the same movie and we all have different like opinions of what makes it good and bad. Because like what you guys were saying there about the the ages of Lily and James, I never caught on to that. That's hilarious. <laughs> Another thing that I wish they put in the movies was all the sass and the sarcasm. <laughs> yes. No, and the other thing was Remus and Tox's relationship. Um, because I remember David and ah, oh, I forgot her name, but the woman who plays Tox, they were asked, they said, what was the one thing that you wish they put in the movie? And David goes, oh, our relationship, definitely. Because yeah, that was a, such a fun part of the book. I know, and they had, didn't even put Teddy in it, and I was like, what? They have the sun. <laughs> I miss I, I really hate that they didn't include that in the last movie. Yeah, exactly. Harry's the godfather. He's meant to be looking after Teddy. Where is he? Yeah, and well, obviously one of the things is that they can't include everything in a movie. Yeah. And so I know some people, for instance, they say, you know, books shouldn't be turned into movies in the first place because the book was written to be read and not to be really seen or watched. Um, and I don't know, I guess that kind of leads me to my next question. What are some really bad ones that you guys have seen? Um, I don't know, like, Ariana, what, what is one that you've seen um, that you just, you cringe when you watch it? Well, um, I haven't really seen a, like, terrible one, but one that really bugs me is The Book Thief. 
Okay. They really changed a lot of things in that and left a lot of things out, and I was disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. For we me, read it for English. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. We're, sorry, we read it for English, and then we watched the movie, and everyone was like, this doesn't happen. Like, they didn't go into the whole death is the, like, the narrator and that kind of annoyed me because that was such a big part of the book, having death as the narrator and looking over saying, humans haunt me. It's like That was real powerful to me, and they didn't put that in the movie as much as I would have liked it to. So. Mm-hmm. For me, so one of the things I noticed when I watched the movie, because um, I, I did read the book, and the book is kind of slow, but it was always interesting. I, I was still always invested in it. The movie just seemed boring. <laughs> and yeah. long, and that was one of my complaints with the with the Book Thief movie. Still good, but like I don't know if I would go and watch it again. <laughs> yeah. The only good part for me was Rudy, because perfect casting for Rudy, because he's so <laughs> cute. Or well, what about you, Addy? Are there any bad movies, like bad book to film adaptions, that, you know, that just that bother you so much? Um, let me see. I'm, I'm turning to my. <laughs> um... Oh, I, I remember. Twilight. Twilight. Yes. I think a lot of the fans liked Twilight. What did you dislike about Twilight? I, I, cause, I mean, I, I, I got into it when I was in high school. You know, it was all the hype a couple years ago. I grew out of it. I'm now in this stage where I kind of make fun of it. I still like the books, but not as much as I used to. Uh, the first movie was horrible. The makeup on the on the Cullens, they looked like they had been doused in flour. Yes, I agree. It's like horrible. No. Horrible. <laughs> oh, and they just made Bella seem so like whiny and weak, and it's like she's actually a strong character. Like, like that. I think <sighs> is one movie where like I think Stephanie Meyer sold out. You know, didn't put her foot down. You know, like J.K. Rowling did in the Harry Potter books. Didn't say this mm. needs to be included. I don't like the way they look. You know, you you are the mm. writer. You do have some say in it. But I feel like that was the most horrible. The first, the first Twilight movie was so bad. So yeah. it was part part one of Breaking Dawn. That just dragged on. And I actually on. haven't like, seen the uh, I haven't seen the Breaking Dawn movies yet. I just realized <laughs> that I haven't watched them, and so I'm gonna have to go back and watch them. One of the interesting so, things though, about Stephanie Meyer in Twilight, though, was when she first published it. It was one of those books um, where the movie studios were interested right away. And I remember that MTV, I think it was, had wanted the rights to it, and they were going to just, like, destroy it. And so she she did kind of put her foot down. She was like, no, I'm not going to give it to MTV. Um, I don't think any decent right would give it their, like, you know, a best-selling book to MTV. I mean, MTV, <laughs> like, TV shows, but not for movies. I mean, have you seen their movies? Uh, no, I, I don't think I have. <laughs> ever produced has got to be like Freedom Riders, I think. Really? Mm, I think. But I mean, I think, and uh, we're on Stephanie Meyer, um, I think one of the best film adaptations, in my opinion, is The Host. Really? <gasps> yes. yes. I, like that, I know it got so much flack, and people called it a flop, but I feel like um, it was, I mean, the story is so beautifully written. It's, uh, it's one of the best mm-hmm. books I've, in my opinion, that I've read. And the movie, I feel, it as any movie is, it wasn't verbatim exactly, like, down to the either detail, but I feel like it was a really great 
summary of the book. It included mm-hmm. the parts that were important, you know, like it had the inner dialogue between Melanie and Wanda. I think I felt yeah. like that was one of the really, really good ones. I felt like that was honestly just one of the best film to movie adaptations. That's and interesting it, because I, well, I thought the book, I bought the book the day it came out, I remember. <laughs> I finished it last summer. <laughs> For me, I just, I could not get into it. Um, and so that that was like what seven years or so <laughs> it took me to read that book. <laughs> um, and then I watched the movie. It was on Netflix, and I started watching. I could not. I just, I'm sorry. I just couldn't get into the host. Um, but I, that's interesting that that you really liked that one. So I yeah. guess um, my question would be, what in your opinion makes a good book to film adaption? What what is it about the ones that are really good that make them good? I feel like it has to do with just, you know, having a good director, you know, having having a team, like, you know, directors, producers, you know, it's like kind of like a package, like, you know, like with Francis and, like, with The Hunger Games, they have, you have Francis and Nina and John and Suzanne, and they all work mm-hmm. together. Yeah. And I feel like if you have a good, like, you know, leading team of writers, you will get, you know, the best out of your actors, even if they're not, like, A-listers. That's how, that's what I feel like happened with Twilight. You know, I know, I love Kristen Stewart. She's a great actress, but I feel like that her, the, the way that things were given to her, like, in her script that were written, made her seem like, you know, that she was spineless, she was whiny, and in the book, it's not like that. And you know Kristen is so much, is capable of so much more, so much better acting if you, you know, just give her the chance. Yeah, I agree, definitely. And also, the screenplay as well, like, some, like, for me, like, a good movie book adaptation is where, yeah, they include dialogue from the, like, from the book sometimes, like, in The Hunger Games when President Snow and Katniss, they're talking in Katniss's house and catching fire, and they have that whole scene is just straight from the book, and that made me so happy because it was my favorite part, and I was like, thank you, like, screenplay and Francis Lawrence, like, you did such a good job at making this movie, like, come to life. Like, it was such a good job. And like, the act, like Jennifer Lawrence and Donald Sutherland as well, like they are amazing actors. So they just made it even better. And it just, it made me so happy to go see Catching Fire because I just, it was so good. <laughs> I had low expectations at first because of what was the Hunger Games here. What happened with the Hunger Games? So I was like, I don't know if it's going to be as good. And I walked out and I'm like, I stand corrected. I'm sorry. And see, (laughs) at the risk of being stoned, when I was younger, you know, I always judged the book to film adaptions. Um, I always based it off the loyalty to the book. (laughs) And now I think I'm a lot more liberal in that sense. I don't mind if they make or add things as long as it's good. So, yeah. like, um, for example, Mockingjay Part 1. I personally absolutely loved that movie. Yes. And in my opinion, yes. the best the best Good. scenes in that movie are not in the book. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. I, like the, uh, I, where the, the people go and they blow up the dam, for instance. Like, stuff like that. that is so powerful. But it's not actually, powerful. like, you don't actually see it in the book. So you, things like that. I think if you're going to make changes in the movie, they, they just better be really good changes. Yes, that's what I hope. Yeah. That's yeah. the box in the in, insurgent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the, with that scene in Mockingjay, it was just so powerful because the Hanging Tree song is in the book, and they made it. The only thing that annoyed me is that they changed it from Necklace of Rope to Necklace of Hope. I was yeah. kind of like, really? Come I didn't on. notice that until... um. Until I think like uh like the 
that the, the Propo team pointed it out. Like, it was like BDSM. Yeah. I was like, really? I, I, I kept hearing rope. <laughs> yeah, but I loved because they had every, it, went, it was, the song was like word for word, and the fact that they played it over that damn scene, it just made it more powerful to watch, the fact that the revolution was happening. Yeah. Like, ever, and like, oh, it was so, it was so good. It was just a really powerful scene. I and one of the it. things that I, uh, I don't know if I worry about, maybe I'm just more curious to see how they do it, is with going back to the fifth wave. Um, mm-hmm. The fifth wave book itself is a lot of in Cassie's head. And yeah. you get so much of her sarcasm um, mm-hmm. just based off of, like, what she's telling you. And, like, there are moments, I think, if I remember correctly, in the first fifth wave book where, she, like, Ricky Anty actually wrote out WTF. No, then, he did, you know. <laughs> I remember just, like, loving that. And stuff like that I don't think will um, translate into the movie. And so, like, yeah. there, there's potential for, for change and differences, I think, in the fifth wave movie. Um, I don't know, like, Ariana, what do you think about that? Since you're one of our fifth wave experts, uh, are, are, there, are you worried about anything um, that might happen, things that might be changed in the fifth wave adaption? Um, not really. Cause I, I asked Rick Yancey, like, how close to the book are they sticking, and he assured me that they are going to be faithful to the book, so that has me... Um, a little relieved, and I think if they do make changes, it's not going to be anything huge to change the story at all, or to um, or leave anything out. And mm. I'm happy about that. <laughs> what are you yeah. What are you most looking forward to in seeing? Or yeah, what are you most looking forward to about the fifth wave movie? Uh, everything, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. I'm excited because they cast Ben perfectly. Like, Nick Robinson is such a good actor, and he's the, smi- the smile is just that Ben Parrish smile, and I was so happy because I watched Melissa and Joey, which he's in, and I remember thinking, I was like, this guy is going to be so good as Ben. He's going to make it, he's just going to make him even more gorgeous, and I'm, I don't know, I'm just going to have a little, it was a, it was a very good. So and going much, back to what you said, looking before, forward to Ben Parrish then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like what you said before about like the fact that the book is in Cassie's head, I just want them to add like the sarcasm because she is a really funny character, and I love her like witty comments that she has in her head. That it's like sometimes I wish I was like, why don't you get yeah. her to say it out loud so we can have that dialogue because it's so funny. Uh, but yeah, I'm mainly looking forward to Ben Parrish. <laughs> <laughs> For me, so, one of the yeah. scenes I loved the best in that book was the one where they're at the camp, and they they put the the children on the bus. Oh wait, Eddie hasn't read this book. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I, I promise I will probably like not remember this until. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll keep it very very brief then. You know, you guys know what happens when they get on the bus and stuff. And for me, like that was super suspenseful, and I'm really oh, pumped yeah. for that. I hope. I hope they, yeah. they capture that suspense um, when they make the movie because that that is the other thing. Like it's one thing to be to be loyal to the book and to use the, you know the, the lines that are used in the book, but if it like you can do that, I feel like that's what they tried to do with the Mortal Instruments, for example. Yeah. Um, but it just was not a good movie. 
because it was just it was, it was being boring and clunky, and it just didn't work. And so I'm I'm really hoping, and I have high expectations, and I, I do think they're going to do a really good job with the fifth wave movie. But I, I'm really hoping that that's not what happens with the fifth wave movie. Yeah, because with the mortal yeah. instruments as well, like they cast so old as well, and I think that was a big problem is that they cast everyone was in their twenties. There was no mm-hmm. teenagers. Like, Clary's meant to be fifteen. Lily Collins was twenty three. It's like yeah. you need for the teenagers to be able to portray that teenage emotion, like that teenage love that Jace and Clary had for each other. Yeah. And Clary was too pretty as well. Like the fact that I pictured her as like this ginger, freckly faced girl, and then Lily Collins is like this beautiful, like she's flawless, like perfect everything. And it's like that's one of the reasons that Jace loved her in the book is because she was unattractive, like, not unattractive, but she was, like, not pretty to the point where she was beautiful, and in Jace's eyes, he just saw that as, like, that was one thing, but mm-hmm. then they just, and they didn't have enough of Jace's like, Jace's witty comments, like, yes. the natural blonde thing was, ugh. I and feel like the, when I saw the movie, I feel like they only had maybe, like, out of, like, all of, like, Jace's witty comments and, you know, sarcastic comments, they had maybe, like, 2% in the movie, and yep. the book was so much funnier. It was so much yeah. more. What what is going on? And I'm usually, like, yeah. when people like, I I mean, I tend to go when I go see like a book made into a movie. I tend to go in with an open mind because I I mean, you know, it is a film adaptation. They're adapting it to the screen. It's not you know a translation. And that's that's what mm. I always see. People are like, well, I don't like it. I'm like, it's an ad. They're they're fixing it, you know, so you can see it on screen. It's not like a translation. <laughs> you have like a week long Harry Potter series because you know, and it's like fourteen hours long. Exactly. That would be nice. That would be nice, honestly. <laughs> and I think that's what it boils down to. It's it's um, trying to to balance out and reconcile this idea of. Um, being loyal to the book, you know, capturing that that same theme and the characters and everything, but at the same time being able to adapt it in a way um, that is exciting in its new format. And yeah. I, I feel like obviously that's something really hard to do. I've never done it, um, but when they do do it well, it's it's awesome. But just like like uh, like we said, catching fire <laughs> um, and mocking it in my opinion. I can't wait. Um, so we could talk about oh, this too. for ages, probably like another hour. <laughs> We're not going <laughs> to because I'm going to assume the listeners have, have lives. Um, yeah. um, so we're going to go ahead. We're going we're gonna to close this show really soon. Um, but before we do that, one thing that we're going to try, it's, it's a game, and maybe we could do it every week. I don't know. Um, but it's essentially what I'm going to do is read the opening line to a book. And you guys are going to try and guess what the book is. And hopefully in the future, I'm not always the one reading the opening line. Uh, maybe <laughs> somebody else could do it as well, and I could try and guess. Um, for me, the big challenge with this is going to be, uh, I have no idea what books you guys have and haven't read. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this we'll just go with it. Book. Um, so hopefully it's not too like, easy. Give us a list of books to read. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I can read them in a week. That and then I'll come back. Too, too, too easy <laughs> to give a list. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and yeah. try it. It could be fun. I've seen them do this um, on YouTube with the booktubers. Yeah, I saw it. Um, so, yeah. but usually they take something from their their bookshelf, which we can't do. So I'm gonna go ahead and do this. How we're gonna do it? 
um, is we'll just go down the line. So Addy, you'll go first. I'll, I'll read it. You tell me what you think it is. Okay. And then Ariana and Lucy. Um, Sweet. All right. So if you know the answer, don't blurt it out until it's your turn. All right. And I won't tell you guys if you're right or not until we've gone through through all three of you. Okay. okay. So okay. the line is, I clasp the flask between my hands, even uh. though the warmth <laughs> from the tea has long since leached into the frozen air. <laughs> Catching fire. Okay. What about you, Ariana? Catching fire. Okay, Lucy? Yeah, catching fire. <laughs> yeah, you guys all got it. <laughs> See, I feel like I wouldn't have gotten that right. I would not have remembered that one. I mean, it's because The Hunger Games is my favorite series, so I, I know it's oh, yeah. <laughs> I was, I almost, when I went to the Mockingjay premiere, which almost ended in disaster, because um, we've been in line, and just as... Uh, there's, like, five people in front of me, and as we're getting to the line, the security guard's like, we have no more passes for you guys. You can't go, You guys can't go up into the bleachers. And I'm just like, I have not been waiting seven hours in line for you to tell me I cannot see this movie. I'm like, that theater holds at least 4,000 people. There are not 4,000 people on the bleachers. You better give me a ticket. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, no, there's no we'll see. You guys will get us tickets. And they ended up, and now Lionsgate came out, and they're like, we're so sorry, guys. And now they gave us tickets to go see the movie into the theater. And they, they did, like, that like that pan overhead over the bleachers. There's space everywhere. I'm like, we would have fit there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it was pretty cool. Okay, and uh, well, while basically... was in line, I read pretty much almost all of Mockingjay. Like, I, I can, I, I've read these books quite a number of times. Yeah. <laughs> that means I'm going to have to try and find something uh, a bit more <laughs> difficult. <laughs> okay. Um, um, maybe one of you guys can do it next time. But like I said, well, the big challenge is uh, getting a book that we've all read. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> we'll try that again <laughs> yeah. in the future. We'll see how it goes. Um, so with all that said, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Uh, thanks for being here for our first episode to, to you three and also to any listeners um, who are listening. You're our first listeners, and hopefully this turns into something really cool and awesome that we're going to do all the time. Um, we don't know yet how often we're going to do it. I, I want to do it minimum once a month, um, but... I would personally like to do it more than that. <laughs> um, but we're going to see. That depends on schedules and stuff. Um, we're definitely going to have more people hosting, other hosts, um, people participating on the show in the future. We've got a few writers um, for 7th Page who have expressed interest in joining us. They just couldn't make it to the show today. Um, so they'll be with us in the future. Um, Ariana, you're definitely welcome to join us as well, even though you're our guest. Uh, you've been awesome to have, and we're going to be talking about the fifth wave in the future as well. So. Okay. I would love to join you guys. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and wrap up the show, and maybe um, before we do that, why don't you guys tell everyone, if you want, um, where they can find you, like your Twitter handles. Um, so yeah, people can, I guess, internet stalk you, if that's something you want. Hattie, why don't you go ahead? Oh, uh, on Twitter, I am Fearless Whovian, just spelled out normally, no funny letters or numbers. Just fearless Whovian. Just uh, let me know that you guys have, you know, have heard the podcast or, you know, follow us on 7th Page. Yeah. Say hi. 
And Ariana? Um, you can follow me on Twitter. My uh, username is T number five W underscore fans. And that stands for fifth wave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Lucy? You can find me. Mine's Mrs. L. Stolinski on Twitter. And go read some of the things that I post on Fifth Wave. I haven't posted in a while, but I have an idea of what I want to post as a new article. So hopefully that should be going up soon. Um, and if you want to follow me on Instagram, just real sneaky sneaky. Um, my Instagram is Surgeon Zombie. So all together, like no capitals or anything, just Surgeon Zombie. It's a pretty good page if I may do say so myself. <laughs> Yeah. And Come if, find you, me. <laughs> if you guys want to follow me, um, my personal Twitter is at Saul Mark. So it's S A U L M A R Q. And you can find me there. I've been really bad at posting things on there. But if you want to see where I'm probably most active, it's on the seventh page and the Faction Hub and the Fifth Wave uh, Twitter accounts. So you got seventh page, the number seven, T H P A G E. You can follow 7thPage.com on Twitter there. Um, Faction Hub is Faction Hub. Factions from Divergent. Um, and then Fifth Wave Fans, so the letter, the, the number 5, T-H, um, then Wave Fans, all one word, also on Twitter. Also, follow us on Facebook if you can. Um, you can go on Facebook, just search 7thPage.com. It should show up. Um, and yeah, go ahead and like us on Facebook. So, that'll be all. Um, Thank you guys again for being here with us. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll do this again really soon. So, uh, yeah, see you guys. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to Addie, Lucy, and Ariana for joining us for our first episode ever. Also, a special thanks to our amazing writers at 7th Page, Faction Hub, and the 5th Wave Network. I hope I'm not going to forget anyone, but there's Angus, Eleanor, Rebecca, Michael, and Stephanie. And that's not including the people that you heard on this podcast. If you want to support the show by following us on Twitter, please follow 7th Page's Twitter account. That's at 7th Page 7 with the actual number 7. Don't spell it out with letters. And also follow our network sites, Faction Hub and 5thWave.net's Twitter account can be found at 5th Wave Fans. And for more information on Bookmarked, visit bookmarked.7thpage.com where you'll find future updates and a feedback form because we would really like to hear back from you. And of course, finally... With all that said, I'd just like to say thank you for listening. Stay awesome and keep reading books. See you next time.